answer me? Well, praise the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. My name is Yang Okutiang. Thank you for letting me come into your space wherever you are at this time. Praise the Lord. God's been good and His mercies endure forever. And uh, I trust that you enjoyed the beginning series of what we began the last time. And of course, uh, we're going to be picking that up. We began, first of all, with, uh, but God, why? Why? You know, we have so many whys in our lives, full of questions, wondering why did things happen, or why did things not happen? Where was God? Why did God allow these things to happen to us? But one of the things we're going to be seeing is that God does not want us to be trapped in that place full of questions, because when questions fester one after the other like that, without answers, that's the place of doubt, discouragement, and despair. And God doesn't want us to be in such a situation. Hallelujah. Well, thank God Jesus is the answer. And is the answer to all of the life's problems, spiritually, practically, to bring blessings to our lives. So, dear friend, grab a hold of your Bible. We're going to dig once again into what uh, the Lord's been giving us. And uh, I want to encourage you, please, as you've been uh, blessed by this message, share it with loved ones and friends. Share it with different ones. And we also like to hear from you. And I want to appreciate those who've been getting back to us, letting me know how they've been blessed and all that. Uh, we really appreciate that. God bless you. So once again, I'm going to ask us to go ahead and turn to Ruth chapter 1. And we've been looking at the story of um, Elimelech and his wife Naomi. Uh, their two sons, uh, Chilion and Malon, with uh, their, their wives, uh, Ruth and Opa. And the tragedy happened, this tragedy happened, that all the men died. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened, why they died, and things like that. You know, that's what we said. When things like that happen, you know, people you know, wonder, well, somebody may have sinned, somebody may have done this. Well, you know, one thing I've come to find out, that the devil is an insidious, evil monster. And he attacks. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And times we're going to say, well, maybe because I, I sinned here, or I didn't sin. If you sinned, you know you sinned. Make it right and move right along. Don't get stuck there. And don't be in that place of trying to extract an answer from your mind and all of that because as soon as you try to do that more questions are going to arise and before and then you try to answer that more questions arise and before you know it you are in a state of flux a state of discouragement and doubt and so right here in uh, ruth chapter one i'm just going to pick up the story there again and so you know the men have died and uh, you know this this men were the security for these families these uh, women and um, they don't know why the men died. The Bible doesn't tell us why they died. Not at all. And so from verse 11, but Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters. Go for I'm too old to have husbands. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, will you wait for them till they were grown? Will you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Yeah, you can see the concern of Naomi, the mother-in-law. And her sons are all gone. Her husband is gone. And you have three widows right here. You know what society was like back then? The men provided security for their families, for their wives. And all the men are gone. All the men are gone. 
And they're wondering why, why? And Naomi is saying here, oh, the Lord's hand has been against me. Look at what she says. She says here, it says, very, said, no, my daughters, for it gives me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Well, you know, Naomi had limited uh, revelation and all that. She didn't have the revelation you and I have today. Like we said earlier on, Jesus, you know, when things will happen in the Old Testament, people always thought it was something that happened mysteriously. Somehow God was behind it. You know, just like Job, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when we read the story of Job and really probe into it, you come to see it was not the Lord killing and taking away. The devil was the one doing it. The Bible tells us the devil, Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief, that's the devil, is the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's our father. And of course, uh, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good. Hallelujah. See, that's what God does. That's what Jesus does. Good. Hallelujah. James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. Only good things come from heaven. Only good things come from our Father. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible is progressive revelation. As you read through the Bible, we come to see the revelation about God, his nature, and his character is being revealed progressively. You see, as you come from Adam, there's a revelation of God. You come to Abraham, more revelation of God. So Abraham had what God revealed to him along what he had revealed all the way down to uh, to Adam. By the time we come to David, David even had more revelation. So revelation of God along with everything from his time all the way to Adam. So revelation kept increasing like that. So the Bible actually is progressive revelation. And by the time we come to Jesus, Jesus then settles, settles it clearly. If you go in the Old Testament, you don't see many references to the devil or demons or things like that as you see in the New Testament because they did not have that knowledge and workings of how the devil worked. But we know Jesus came to make it so easy for us. As if it's killing, if it's stealing, killing and destroying, it's the enemy. It's Satan and his agents behind it. Hallelujah. So Naomi says right there, Oh, God's hand has been against me. So that's what she thinks. And it's kind of sad that many people have that. But as we come to see here, says then they lifted up their voices and wept and up kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Yeah, she's gone back to her people. She's gone back to... You know, the gods they used to know and everything. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, so don't forget now. You see, Naomi and these two, uh, uh, two widows, all of them were in the land of Moab. And so Ruth, Opa, they've been idol worshippers. They've known and seen their, old, their gods and how things function. But it's kind of interesting when um, Naomi is impressing upon them, appealing to them, go back, go back and be your people, make a life for yourselves and all of that. Because she had nothing to offer them. But listen to what Ruth said. But Ruth said in verse 16, and treat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you will, wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. You know, one of the things you said the last time is this. You can see clearly Ruth is not blaming God for the tragedy that has happened. 
Because if she saw God, Jehovah God, to be behind all the tragedies, who wants to follow a God like that? Who treats his people like that? Even with the knowledge, you know, how limited it could have been, the knowledge she had about Jehovah, and even from what she's seen with this family that has been, you know, attacked with so much tragedy, she's able to judge Jehovah and say, listen, Jehovah is a good God. I want to follow him. And the reason she's choosing to follow Naomi, she says, your people shall be my people. My God is because of Jehovah God. What she's seen. Even in the midst of everything that has happened, she's seen the goodness of Jehovah. She's seen the loving kindness of Jehovah. And that's why she's saying, your God will be my God. Isn't that something? This is a heathen woman or somebody, a woman from a heathen background, but she's she has enough discernment to judge the situation and realize Jehovah did not kill our men. Jehovah did not render me a widow. Because if it was Jehovah, why, is she follow, why would she be following Jehovah? Because who knows, Jehovah could want to kill her. Oh, but she's judged Jehovah faithful. Isn't that interesting? Many Christians, like we said, have not judged Jehovah faithful. Like uh, I believe uh, Hebrews 11, somewhere in verse 19, where it says, Sarah, God, Sarah, judge uh, Sarah judge God faithful hallelujah so how are you judging God with your circumstances and everything that's going on with you isn't that interesting you know I want to I, I want to kind of drive home this point you know for example you have the story of uh, Jonah and uh, you know uh, being a Nigerian and uh, of course I grew up in Lagos here, I've got a lot of friends who are from the southwest who are Yorubas and there's a term you, uh, you hear them use, afawafa, in other words you brought it on yourself, self-inflicted hurt or damage and uh, you look at Jonah Jonah did afawafa if I can use that, he brought you know, uh, he, he brought upon himself what he got, the Lord sent him to go and preach to the people of Nineveh, but instead he chose to run away in the direction of Spain run in that direction and there was a huge storm a storm arose and instead of jonah repenting jonah says throw me into the water to escape from going to preach to those people in Nineveh." think about it this is somebody who deliberately refuses to go do what god told them to do <laughs> in other words he's saying i'd rather die than can go and preach to those people. Think about that. Do you know anybody like that? <laughs> and so, you read about it in Jonah chapter 1. There's so much, the, 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 the waves are, you know, gale force winds, so much, uh, 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 there's hurricane, there is, uh, you know, the wind is boisterous, hurricane and all that, and uh, gale force winds, and everything is terrible, boisterous. Their lives, in the, their lives are in danger. They cannot keep sailing anymore. And their ship is taken in water. And they're seeking their God. They're calling to their God. And Jonah is asleep. By the time they woke him up, they said, look, call upon your God. And Jonah reveals to them, listen, I'm running away from my God. I'm refusing to go do the assignment he wants me to do. I'm the cause of this. And he says, throw me in. They, 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 they hesitate. They don't want to do it. Eventually, Jonah said to, me, said to them, throw me in, and when, when you do, you're going to have peace. They threw Jonah in. Jonah was going to die. He would rather die. But you know what God did? God prepared a big fish 
to swallow Jonah. You know, God knows our lives even right before the foundation of the world. That's what the Bible tells us. God already prepared a, a fish, a big fish. The calling of that fish was to deliver Jonah and put him in line to his destiny, in line to his calling. You see, I know I like that term that I've been hearing quite a bit, you know, destiny helpers. That fish was a destiny helper to put Jonah in line. Hallelujah. To help Jonah fulfill his destiny, to deliver him from destruction. Hallelujah. God said the calling of that, listen, a fish. God created this fish way ahead of time before Jonah disobeyed him, before Jonah fouled up to show Jonah mercy to deliver him. Isn't that a loving God? Think about it. So the fish swallowed Jonah. Can you imagine how it would have been inside the fish? I can imagine cod liver oil and all of that and brought Jonah out. You know, Jonah was right in there. He repented and all of that. Would have been, I mean, uh, and think about it, even miracle right inside the fish. Where would he get the oxygen? God performed the miracle. That's our Jehovah God. And, and the fish, you know, uh, 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 spit out, regurgitated Jonah out on the shore. And Jonah went to preach to the people of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh repented. So eventually, you know, one of those days, Jonah, uh, God prepared a, a plant that gave Jonah, you know, shade from the sun. And so, listen now, and I want you to see this. And so by the time Jonah woke up, is it uh, discovered, you know, shortly after, this uh, plant had died. It's interesting. And Jonah began to feel so sad that the plant had died. You know, I consider Jonah uh, the, <laughs> the environmentalist that we see in the Bible. He was so concerned about that plant more than the people of Nineveh. And so listen here, verse in, in Jonah 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly that he became angry. Why? Because that plant had died. It's right there in chapter 3. So he prayed to the Lord and said, So Jonah is upset with the Lord. He's grieved with the Lord. Why would he kill this plant? And in other words, he, as far as he's concerned, the whole people of Nineveh should have died. Because that's why they are our enemies. They, you know, them, you know, you know, people have all kinds of prejudices and all that. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Our Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tashis. This is why I fled to Tashis. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. Are you seeing this? This is Jonah in the Old Testament. Jonah is saying, the reason I didn't go there, because I know you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. You know, Jonah is saying, I know if I went there to Nineveh and I preached to those people, they will repent and you will preserve their lives and not destroy them. That's why I ran away. Isn't that something? Do you realize this is Jehovah God? Even Jonah in the Old Testament knew that this is the way Jehovah is. And it's sad that many Christians don't know God to be this way. They have not judged God to be merciful, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness. You know, uh, Psalm 145 verse, uh, I believe 9 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. I think it's 7, 8, and 9. 145, 8, and 9. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. So the Lord is good to everyone. See, Naomi didn't know that. 
Or you say, oh, the hand of the Lord. You see, when, if you have at the back of your mind that God is against you, you can't believe him. You can't trust him. That's just the tragedy there. You won't be able to believe him. And God is your friend. Even when you've made a mistake and blown it like Jonah did, he's still for you. He's not against you. No, he's not. So we need to let that sink in. There are times we don't understand some things. There are times, you know, our understanding is limited or inhibited. Settle this once and for all. God is good. He's good to you. He's good to all yours. Hallelujah. But, you know, the interesting thing is, Naomi, uh, uh, Ruth is not going with Naomi because of Naomi. Is following Naomi because she's just experienced something. She's experienced enough of Jehovah. With the little that she knows, Jehovah is a good God. She said, your people will be my people. Your God, my God. So she said goodbye to all those idols. I'm not following them anymore. Even with all the tragedy that has happened in her life. And so the question is, oh, I'm following Jehovah now. How will I make it? Lord, how? Where do I begin? And you know, this is one of the big issues people face. Where do I begin? How do I go? And so when she made that statement, your people shall be my people and your God my God, verse 17. Which says, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so. Can you now see how she's referring to the Lord? She's not saying your Lord. She said the Lord, implying this Jehovah God is my Lord now. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. Through them, she's come to know Jehovah. He said, listen, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. You know, there's nobody who's ever given their all to Jehovah that has ever been put to shame or ever failed. No. There are times it may look like you're going to fail. There are times it may look like throwing the towel. But if you stick with Jehovah, if you stick with Jesus, stick with the Lord God, he will show you his mercy and come through for you. Then you'll see here in verse 18, when she, you know, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. And I was, she stopped persuading her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited. This is something, can you imagine? These people have been gone for 10 years. Now they come back. The whole city is excited. They're not coming back with riches. They're not coming back any. You know, it's just something tells us that these were good people. They were good people. The family was a good family. So what happens when bad things happen to good people? One thing I'm going to say, don't blame God. But at the same time, I'm not telling you to blame the people. We don't know. The Bible says the things that are revealed belong to us. But the things that are not revealed belong to the, to the, to the Lord God. What is revealed to us belongs to us and our children forevermore. Hallelujah. So the, the, the whole city was excited because of them. And the, woman said, is this, and the women said, is this not Naomi? They're so happy to see Naomi. They're rejoicing. But listen, listen to what Naomi says. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, but call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. See, Naomi, oh, see what God has allowed to come to me. See, God has done this. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? See, because Naomi means pleasant. You know, friendly and all that. Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. But do you realize? <laughs> yeah, Naomi suffered a lot. 
Her husband is gone. Her two sons is gone. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. But it's not the Lord. No, it's not the Lord. So Naomi returned and Ruth and the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So, you know, they've come. No security, no retirement plan, no investment, no pension. Where do we go? You know, the Bible says, and the psalmist, the psalmist says, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, when we look back in Genesis 15, the children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. And after crossing the Red Sea, they went on a three days journey and they found no water. And by the time they find water, it is bitter, Mara. And they could not drink the water. And Moses was about three million to six million people thirsty. That's a horrible thing. And Moses looks to the Lord. The Bible says the Lord shows him a tree. You know, one of the things that we see, the vast majority of humanity are living bitter lives. So the Lord shows Moses a tree. The Bible says he takes off the tree and throws it into the water. And the bitter water is made sweet. See, people are living bitter lives, bitter experiences, just like Naomi, just like Ruth and his family. It's all terrible. But you know what? There's a special tree on which the Messiah died. The precious Son of God, Jesus, died. Oh, that on that tree, the sacrifice was paid for us to give us a blessed life, to bring us salvation, and to give us a life full of hope and joy and victory. Let's, so, and what's that telling us? We take up the finished work of Jesus and apply, apply it to the bitter waters of our lives and it will be made sweet. Praise the Lord. So that's what Jesus does. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, when they get back there, and we have it here from verse 2, that was chapter 2 of Ruth. It says, there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. It's one of the things, you know, when people are in that place that are so low, there's no, there's no further low to fall to, Jesus is still with you. God is still with you. Dear friend, don't isolate yourself and then lock yourself in a room and refuse to do anything. Don't do that. Pick yourself up. All the dreams seems to be, have been shattered and everything. Get up, gather the pieces, what you can gather together. And keep moving. At times it's so heavy to move. Where to? I don't know what's going to happen. Just take that step. Keep going. So we have here, so Ruth, verse 2, the Moabites, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean herds of grain after him, in whose sight I might find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Isn't that something? There is a place of initiative. And don't you ever lose consciousness of this. When all has happened and everything else, listen, don't isolate yourself. And just keep yourself with the devil. The devil can pummel you with evil thoughts of destruction. Listen, as long as you have breath in your life, your breath in your lungs, and you're alive and everything else, the believer can never be hopeless. There is no hopelessness in the life of the believer. That's what Jesus died for. No hopelessness whatsoever. And so let me just say, oh, it's harvest season. Let me go out there. Do you know God has made a plan for your life, plan in the midst of all that tragedy with failure? He's got people positioned along the way to bring you to your destiny, to bring you to your place of blessing. But you're not going to get into those places if you sit back and isolate yourself. 
Oh, come on. If you have to retrace your steps, retrace your steps. But move. Do something. Hallelujah. It's, sometimes it feels like the hardest thing, but when you do what you need to do, the rewards can be tremendous. So Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean herds of grain after him in whose sight am I find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. See, back right there, if you go to the law, Deuteronomy and the rest of them, the Lord had instructed, Listen, you see, we have social system and all that. The Lord established that back for Israel. You see, Real, real, real civilization on how society is supposed to work. The Lord established that. The Lord had established it. Listen, when you're, when you're harvesting your field, don't harvest everything. In fact, when you forget, you know, a bundle or a sheaf in the field, don't, don't go after it. Leave it for the poor, the needy, and all of that to take care of the poor and the needy in society. The welfare system, God had already established that. And so there was this system that Naomi said, let me just go to the field and go over and glean. You've gleaned for free. Welfare system God already established. But isn't that interesting? As she's going looking, she doesn't know where she's going, she ends up in the field of a dear man, a relative of Elimelech by the name of Boaz. Oh, hallelujah. And it's interesting when she gets there, she finds favor. There's something about favor. As you begin to head and make a step or do anything, favor will keep pointing you in the direction of your destiny. Oh, dear friend, my time has slipped up. Uh, we'll, we'll have to pick up from here next time. But friend, don't quit. Don't allow despair to sink into your life. Listen, when your life, when you're, when you're battled with questions and you have more questions than you have answers, just look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Pick yourself up. I'm rest assured about this. Jesus is not our problem. Jehovah God did not bring the problems into your life or the misery or the heartaches. Jesus loves you. And he's got a better plan. And if you follow that plan, it will heal your heart of every hurt. It will bring restoration. It will bring increase. And you that were in despair, you that were crying and all of that, you'll come to a place of rejoicing and singing. See what the Lord has done. Dear friend, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my dear brethren, Lord. I pray for that sister, that one who's having a very heavy heart, who's got more questions and answers. Those who have suffered loss, those who have been full of regrets, you are the God of restoration. Heal their hearts and put them in the path of life and guide them by your favor and put them in that place. Bring them to that place of rejoicing and rest again where they can smile and be full of laughter for you're such a good God. God bless you. It's a great day to be alive. Thank you for letting me come into your space. Please, once again, share this message. I would love to hear from you. Blessings to you. It's indeed a great day to be alive. This is Life Extraordinary. <music>